Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast and happy Tuesday. I hope you guys are doing well and that you all had a wonderful weekend. Uh, we're going to get right into the highs and the lows of the week because I just recorded an episode on Thursday night slash Friday. So not much has happened, but highs of the week, I had a lot of plans this weekend, a lot of fun plans. I went to the Braves on Friday night. I had a little coronation party on Sunday, and then on Saturday, what did I do Saturday? Oh, I went to a wedding, and I had something in the morning. What did I do in the morning? I'm like, I always, after the weekend, um, you know when you like join meetings on Monday, and everyone's like, what'd you do this weekend? And I completely blank every single time. Um, oh yeah, Saturday morning, I got my makeup done. I was invited by Chanel to get my makeup done. Oh my gosh, let me let me quickly tell you guys something. I messed up. Uh, so basically, Chanel invited me to get my makeup done, and I was telling my mom about it, and she's like, "Oh, that's great. You know that they like kind of pressure you to buy something because it's like complimentary that they're doing your makeup. So just be aware of that." And I was like. Oh, okay. And so I'm like Googling the cheapest things online of what you can buy at freaking Chanel because I have never, I don't own anything by Chanel until now because I got my makeup done and the lady who did it was fabulous. She was great. Um, and I did, I did genuinely like the lip color that she gave me. And basically I got pressured into buying lipstick there. And let me tell y'all for this tube of lipstick, it was $48 after tax. And I am too ashamed to go back to return it. So we're just going to keep it and we're only going to wear it on special occasions. And let me tell you, which first of all, it did come with lip gloss. It's like if you Google the Chanel lipstick it's like one side is the gloss and one side is the color and so it is it is good and i will say to be fair that lipstick works like it lasted all day and i had two meals like throughout the day and the color stuck let me tell you so you definitely get what you pay for but i don't think i'm even at a status where i could pay that much for a piece of makeup but that that happened and i was even googling like can is there any other chanel in georgia that i can return this at but their return policies you have to return it to the location you bought it at and i and it has to be within 30 days and i was like you know it's so far it's like an hour for me so i was thinking i'm not gonna drive all the way just to just you know what i mean so like i'm just gonna keep it but anyway so almost had a heart attack about that but <laughs> um, it was good. I needed to let y'all know what color it is because it is, it's like a pretty pink, but nude-ish. It lies on the nude side. So anyways, that was uh, my big mistake of the weekend. That's probably my low of the week, to be honest. Um, no, I would say like my low of the week. Uh, honestly, I would just say I'm really tired. Um, I was telling Alex yesterday, I had so much fun this weekend, but my social battery is burnt. It is out. Like I don't have any plans this upcoming weekend. I kind of do. It's like Mother's Day plans, um, which I'm prepping for very last minute. I spent way too long in the Target section today looking at cards because I, I'm really picky on cards because I want it to be pretty, obviously, and I want it to have a nice message that I can relate to, you know, 
but and also i don't know why cards are like seven dollars these days it's like when you have a budget for a certain amount of gift and it's like okay this person's budget is literally half going to the card um no i'm just kidding but it really is kind of crazy but yeah i'm very late and prepping last minute but um i'm struggling with my mom too because she has her birthday this week and so i hate when birthdays lands on the holidays or whatever because then it's like you gotta get double gifts and i don't or I don't know, but my birthday is in January and it would always, for some reason, clash with Christmas. So that always stunk. So I'm not going to do it with my kids. But anyways, today, we, this is an entertainment purposes episode because, well, no, I don't think so. These are pretty applicable, but I wanted to talk about the corporate world and just like corporate girly 101. But if you're a guy here, Hi, welcome. I do have some male listeners um, and these are applicable to you, okay? But I just like the word corporate girly. So that is the title of this episode. And, but you you can use this too. So let's get into it. I have literally a ton and we're going to go through these quick so that I can squeeze it all into this episode. So really, this episode is just kind of what I do on a daily basis at work. Um, how to be like a really good worker slash like things that or places that you can buy work clothes for just everything corporate related okay and this could probably on it I'm thinking like office jobs but honestly you do use this these can be applied to really much anywhere in the workplace so anyways now let's get started so the first thing that I have on the very top of my list is to nail your calendar like your calendar is everything. It is the mastermind of, I feel like the workplace, but I color code events on my calendar. So I use like purple for personal things. Like I have to leave for a doctor's appointment or I have Bible study that afternoon. Or so I like to color code the purple. And then I use like a specific green to indicate when I'm meeting a client or I use yellow for small reminders. So, and that was another thing that I was going to say is if I get an email that says, hey, can you create this presentation by the end of next week or whatever, I'll just throw, I'll like put tasks on my calendar and I'll color code them, you know, this yellow that I choose so that it's on my radar. And then kind of like after I do that, and also I really encourage everyone to keep your calendars up to date because Nothing is worse than when like I'm trying to be proactive and like schedule a meeting and then your calendar is not up to date because then it's like, it's just, it makes it 10 times harder. It's like, let's let everyone be on the same page. So always try to keep your calendar up to date. And the next thing is I also have a physical agenda and I, I do, I used to be like, I cannot do a digital calendar, like physical is the way to go. But to be fair, when I'm like on the go, and especially if I'm scheduling appointments or when I'm with a friend and we're looking when to hang out next or something, like I, it's very quick to look at my work calendar. And eventually I'm trying to integrate my work calendar with my really, really personal calendar. But, and there is a way on Microsoft Outlook where you can like hide your private events, you know, so only I could see it. So I might do that eventually, but because it's just nice to like have it all in one place. But the point of the physical agenda is 
when it divides it by days, it's literally like college where I will write down what I need to prioritize that day. Like this needs to get to the client today. I need to respond to this email, blah, blah, blah. So that it, that's where I get my physical crossing mark out, which we all know the feeling. It is the best feeling in the world once you mark out a task and it's done. So that's why I have a physical agenda for that part. And then you guys are going to think I'm insane, but I also have a big notepad. So literally it's all, it's all about like keeping organized of different things that are going on. So obviously, like I said, work is like the master hub of things I need to do. And then agenda helps me break down what I need to do for the day. And then my notebook, this notebook is like, you know, the spiral notebooks that you can get at Target, Walmart, wherever. So each page I use as a client. Um, so especially in my role, I'm in like a transitions role. So I am working with, like, I think right now I'm working with 10 or 11 clients right now that are moving record keepers. Like for example, where they're moving their plan from fidelity to empower or whatever. So it's like a three month project. So what I do is I create like for each page, like I said, I put the name of the client at the top and I just write down the broad overview, like how many participants are in this plan? What is our fee for this plan? Um, what providers are they going to? When is the investment call scheduled? So it's like a broad overview so that because there's so many clients and meetings that are going on, it helps me keep track from like a eagle view um, so that it can just quickly jog my memory if I have to quickly talk about something like, hey, what's the status of this? It's just like a broad overview, like I said, and it's super helpful. This is actually something that I just discovered is a really good organization tool for me, like literally as of two weeks ago, because I was trying to find a way on how to organize, like how to remember certain, like if someone would call me last minute, I'd be like, hey, what's the status of, or who's the contact for this plan? And I'd be like scrambling, like how does everyone know off the top of their head? So this has helped me a lot. This might help you if that's helpful. But yeah, I really like that system. Another thing that I was going to say is to keep track of your processes. So for me in my role, ever since that I got hired and every time that I would get trained to how to run this report or how to make a trade or something. I always wrote down the process, like literally a in detail process, like screenshots of it. And I would circle things on how to get somewhere. I would include sample reports just so I could see it. And there was always a goal in me to never have to go back to my boss to ask him to explain something again, which I shared one time. I was like, no, I make it a goal of mine to not have to ask you again once you teach me something. And he's like, well, no, don't be afraid of questions either. So that is something to keep in mind. But I also, once I write down um, the process or I usually type it into Microsoft Word or I'll write the process as it's going inward because it's faster, you know, to screenshot and paste into the book or whatever. But I just find it really helpful. And I always word the document very specific, like how to run this report on this program. And so then when you save it into your documents, when you hit the search bar, even if you type like a word, like, oh, how do I even run run this report on this software? Then it automatically pops up, even if it's just a one word similarity. So I find that really helpful. Um, The next one is to be proactive. And I feel like maybe that's just a very cliche word, but, or like thing to do in the workplace, but I'm always thinking about 
workflow and how to make something more efficient. Alex loves to tell people that I'm all about efficiency. Like if literally, I don't know if anyone else is like this, but even when we, I think we were at rate, like for example, just like in any everyday situation, I will think of a way to make it more efficient. So we were in line for raising canes and granted, you don't know the situation, but we waited 45 minutes. And if you don't, I think raising canes is like a Southern thing, but basically on this menu, there are only four things on the menu. It's like coleslaw, bread, chicken tenders, and fries. And basically there's, you can get, it's just a variation of each thing. Like, oh, you want six chicken fingers and a bread? Cool. Then that's meal number one. If you want coleslaw and fries, that's meal number two, whatever. So, but it took 45 minutes. And in my head, I'm like, how come they are not just, this is not already pre-made. There's four items on the menu. Just have it pre-made. Obviously there's a demand for it and it'll go by quickly. So it'll still stay hot. Anyway, so I'm always thinking of better workflow. Like, Even when it comes to when I just said making processes, uh, when I was joining the investment team at my company, there was a lot of little details that you had to remember. So I would create like a frequently asked questions sheet just for me. But then when I rolled off that team, I literally was able to grab that, um, that piece that I made and I passed it down to the person who was taking over my role. And now they use it on the investment team to help people who are onboarding. So it can help with the workflow and it helps you, but it also benefits the company too. And I think, I mean, my boss recognized that, that I created that workflow. So I think being proactive and trying to find ways to, you know, like really care about the company and learn how to, you know, we're all in this together. Let's make it more efficient at the end of the day. So that would be my next advice. I also would really encourage everyone to be vocal about your goals for the future. So I know that our managing director, she's very, um, I admire her so much because I think she's such a rock star. And going off a tangent here, I really admire her more because two, she's a woman. So that's number one. Number two is that she, we are in a corporate world and she carries herself very professional but fun at the same time and she's not like the typical boss that's like only wears black and blue and white and blah 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 like she has hot pink nails she has a fun phone case like she doesn't act like you don't have to act like all serious to be taken seriously if that makes sense so anyways but my point is to be vocal about your goals for the future like I tell her all the time that I would love to be a managing director like her one day um not to take over her role but because you know obviously there's many regions and divisions so but she because I expressed that goal she has helped me kind of she's guided the direction of like hey you should obtain a CPFA certificate um so that that can help you down the road. So I think, especially when you're in a healthy work environment, um, they will help you get to where you want to go. And obviously they want you to be with a company, you know, as long as possible. So if they want to help, a, a healthy company should want to see you succeed and healthy bosses. So I think it never hurts to share your goals. Um, My next one was going to be to make friends with your coworkers because it really does make it more enjoyable. I definitely understand how sometimes, because I'm guilty of this, I would kind of think, 
I just, you know, especially when we turned remote, I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Like, I'd rather just kind of do my own work, keep to myself or whatever. And once I joined the investment team, there was a lot of people more my age and it has been so nice to get to know them. And it's fun when I get to reconnect with them, when I have to reach out to them for work or something. So it really does make it more enjoyable. Um, cause you know, you joke around and stuff and it just takes away from like the seriousness of corporate stuff. And I know that sometimes I'm sure we all get invites to go to social gatherings after work. Like I, I got one recently that I was like, no, that one doesn't sound too fun, but it was like a cornhole tour- tournament. And I was like, no, I'll pass on that one. But I would encourage you to go to the social gatherings if you get invited like from your office. Um, that's definitely how you build those kinds of connections because obviously when we're working, it's very, how are you? Good. How are you? Weather's good. Blah, blah, blah. But like to get to actually know who you're working with, it definitely changes. It really, like I said, it kind of go goes back to my last point of it makes work more enjoyable and Beyond that, I uh, there's a phrase that I learned recently that I think could also go towards work, but it was saying how it's hard to fire a friend. And so they were kind of saying that when it comes to your client, like take them out to eat and, you know, get to know your client and stuff. But like I said, you should also kind of have that mindset too when talking to your coworkers and stuff like that, because especially with the higher ups. And that was going to be one of my next points later on, but we'll just cover it now was to not be afraid to introduce yourself and to make conversation with higher ups. I used to be like this, but then I've learned to just break out of it. And I think it can benefit you in many ways. It helps your confidence. And I think it definitely sets like a presence to your boss because they see that it, it does show leadership and courage to do that. And and so it does go into that hand in hand of it's hard to fire friends. So when you're becoming buddy, buddy with your bosses, then it is harder to fire a friend essentially. And if you're remote like me, I am fully remote now. I think it's, I would encourage everyone to continue to pop in the office. Um, if you guys have an office to pop in, because I think it's, It's definitely when you're remote, obviously you don't, I'm not running into my boss every single day, like maybe once a week or whatever, but you definitely want to keep your face, you know, memorable in their brain. Like you're not just like if at the end of the day they were looking at a list, you know, you, you want them to recognize your name and you know, your personality and stuff. So I would encourage everyone to continue showing up to the office. Even for me, I'm making it a goal to, go into the office once a month. It's in downtown Atlanta, which, you know, Atlanta traffic is nuts, but it's a pretty easy drive because I just get on the freeway and I just go. Um, So there's that. And another thing that I was going to say is if you're given, this is something I learned that helped me. So whenever my, when I first started working, Whenever my boss would tell me to do something, I would blank. I'd be like, wait, what did he say? Or did he say this or that? And so now I've made it a habit when my boss says for me to do something, I like to repeat the task back or like summarize it. So and obviously if I'm ever having a meeting, I'll write it down, whatever he's saying. And then 
at the end, I'll say like, okay, so just making sure we're on the same page. You want me to do this and this and then send it to this after and blah, blah. So I repeat it just to make sure we're all on the same page, which I think has helped a lot. Another one is to take criticism well. This is another thing that I've, I mean, essentially everything that I'm talking about, I'm not perfect at and I'm still working on too, but just things that I've learned to take criticism well, because in the beginning too, which I've been in this industry for three years now, in the beginning, I used to get really defensive if my work was wrong or if I didn't do something right. And I'd be like, well, she taught me and I was told to do it this way. And it's better to just kind of just don't point fingers, just accept the, the feedback, not the criticism. Um, you can take const- constructive criticism and I would highly encourage you listen to what people are telling you and fix yourself on that. Uh, but yeah, I think just being open to feedback because we're always learning and it's, I don't think it hurt. I don't think we'll ever get to a point as people that stop learning. Like there's always something or there's always something that you can grow in. So take criticism well. And this is the next thing I'm going to say is I learned this from my mom. And I think I've said this in a podcast episode before, but is to always speak with confidence. And even if you, if someone asks you a question and you don't know, I used to be, I used to tend to mumble and be like, oh, I think this is what it said. And I would just kind of trail off. But my mom was saying, just speak with confidence. Be like, I don't know, but I'll get back to you on that. I'll research that and I'll get back to you. But just speaking with boldness can make the world of a difference. And it just, you know, makes you come off more confident. And it's something that Alex has taught me is when writing emails to pull out filler words. Like I will, and I always, I'll type up my email and then before I hit send, I always reread it and I edit parts out, but I would always write like, hi, blah, blah, blah. Just wanted to reach out to ask you if, and then I'll get to the point. And now I just crop that whole part out. And I saw this TikTok that was like, email like a guy, just like, can you, or send me the PDF of this, like just get to the point. And from my mom, she was telling me when she receives emails, she prefers people just get to the point because a lot of people, it's fair to say that their inbox is like always flooded. Like there's always emails coming in. So you got to get to the point. Um, and I know we're probably all grown up. Like I remember in college, I took this business professional course and it was like how to compose an email. It's like a greeting and then a blah, blah, blah. I hope you had a good week. Sometimes just get to the point. Okay. So there's that. Pay attention to detail. Always check and double check. For me, I double check everything and I, you gotta pay attention to detail because there are some really well-known providers that I know that still mess up on the work. We're all humans. People mess up and so I just think it's always important and you're not going to regret not checking your worth, like, or not checking your worth, checking your work. So double, double check and show up on time. Definitely always show up on time, except when it comes to Microsoft Teams meetings, don't join until the last second. If you don't want small talk, there's that, uh, don't over apologize. This is another thing that I've been working on because I used, if I like miss something, I'd be like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I missed that. I apologize. Stop doing that because the more you apologize, that's going to start 
like sticking to you and people are going to lose your confidence in you if you keep apologizing because you messed up. So stop apologizing for the little things. Save them for the bigger items. Don't participate in office gossip. I've just, I've never done it. Don't do it because I've learned from other people that it definitely goes around. Just don't participate in it. Uh, I think it's a fair statement to say a lot of people like to complain about work. And I think in general, it's just, I think that's the reason why we all complain is because it's just easier to complain than to be positive and everything. That's something I'm working on. But don't just, don't complain about work and stay silent and I feel like silence speaks louder and when you don't complain about work you definitely come across different and it's a good kind of different so why wouldn't you want to stand out like that and we're coming to a close I only have like five left so we're getting through this use your PTO I you literally get it for a reason just use all of it up for the year. If you get 18 days a year like me, use the 18 days a year. I literally last year, I had an Excel spreadsheet that I tracked my PTO and I tracked it for the year. Like I already already planned when I would use my PTO because take advantage of it. I know some, I think it's an older generation thing where people don't take PTO because they think they're better than that. But it's like, no, take vacation, take your mental health days, use them. And I was also going to say, backing up, I know for me in finance, we have a lot of business holidays. I feel like we have a holiday every month. The next one coming up is, I think, Juneteenth, which is like a new holiday. Um, But be strategic when planning vacations and mental health days because, like, there's some months, like, I think in August, I don't have any vacation, like, there's no business holiday, so I'll always take a PTO on a Friday, so I have a nice long weekend one time. Or we have a trip coming up and it piggybacks on like a holiday weekend. So we only technically have to take one day of PTO because the rest is holidays and it falls on a weekend and all that. So be strategic. And the other thing I was going to say is if you get an email and you know how we all get. Okay, so I think it depends on your role slash your personality maybe. For me on an on a daily basis, I probably get around, I would say 60 emails. Um, Alex, he currently, it stresses me out so much. He, but he is an operations manager, so there's a lot going on. And so he has like, I think 5,000 emails right now, which, oh oh my gosh, no. Um, I will literally stay up late to clear it to zero every single day. Um, But what I was going to say is if you get an email and it's like, hey, when you get a chance, can you send this over? Or if like someone sends you these documents, just if it takes less than two minutes, just do it. And I know if you have a lot of emails, then that's kind of hard to do because that's like your whole day. But for me, like when it's manageable, like 60, um, if someone sends me something, I just immediately, it takes me two seconds to save it in the folder. I'll do that. Or if they need like a document, it takes me three seconds to just grab that folder and send it to them and that's done like you can check it off your list so that is always like the mentality that I have and I feel like that helps me make sure that everyone has what they need and it clears my inbox and it's not like people keep trying to follow up because nothing's worse than when you have to follow up with someone multiple times you know and we're gonna just wrap up this episode with just where I get my outfits from when it comes to the corporate world so for me and my 
hack, I guess, is I like to buy staples that can also be used for everyday wear. So for instance, it doesn't really come hand in hand with pants, but like for tops, especially like a white button down, you can easily throw that with jeans and make it casual. Or I'll buy like a cute ruffled blouse and I could also throw that with jeans and it'd be a cute everyday outfit. So I try to find work outfits that can be used for both. And I would say Express has really great pants because they also come in petite sizes, um, like short, so you don't have to get your work pants altered. And they're really comfortable. So if you're looking for some good work pants, I would recommend Express. And they also have really cute tops, like just simple tops. Then they're very, usually they work really well with, um, like I just told you guys, it mixes between work and casual really well. H&M is really good for basics. Like I said, the white basic top, under tanks, bodysuits, they're pretty good at it. I always like gold jewelry. I think I lean towards gold jewelry when it comes to my outfits. And heels from Target. That's all I'll say. They have some really good heels that are really great price, I think. They're like $25.30, which I think is pretty reasonable. And I think that's it. And I would recommend having a cute work purse because I have a black Kate Spade work purse and it's stylish and it's black. Like I said, it matches with everything. It fits my laptop and my, all my agendas and work pads and stuff. So that's something that I would recommend as well. And I think that is pretty much it. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. It was a lot. Let me know your thoughts. DM me on Instagram. I will see you in next week's episode. I hope you guys have a great rest of the week. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love to hear from you. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at i.genuinely.podcast. This is where I post fun polls, ask questions, do giveaways, and have conversations with you all. If you would like to hear more episodes like today's episode, you can also leave a rating or a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts.